0: Welcome to Season 3 of A New Voice of Freedom, the podcasts are taken from the four volumes In Defense of Christianity, written by Ronald Keith Messer. Podcast 172 is entitled, Some Random Thoughts on Addiction, Part 4.
1: These podcasts address only spiritual preparation, so that one puts himself or herself into a frame of mind to overcome undesirable habits or addictions or behaviors. Spiritual preparation lies squarely on the individual who is suffering. There are some things that only we can do for ourselves. Changing one's behavior is a form of creation or recreation, of putting away the old and creating the new. The fundamental principle upon which these random thoughts are based is that all creation is first spiritual. It is the model set forth in Genesis. The earth was first created spiritually. Man was first created spiritually. Without the spirit, there can be no life, no creation, no intelligence, and no free will. Changing the body is a good thing if it is according to the boundaries established by God, both temporally and spiritually. But changing the heart is a better thing. We are exceptionally complex beings, God's greatest creations. We are the only beings created in the image of God. We are the royal household of God and are his heirs. We came to earth to gain a physical body, which is after the likeness of God, because our physical body is in the image of our spirit, which was made in the image of God. Our intelligence resides in our spirit. Our spirit resides in our body. Only in our intelligence does free will reside. Our spirit communicates with our brain. Our brain communicates with our body. All functions of our body reside in the brain. Neither the brain nor the body has free will. When we speak of the heart, we don't mean the organ that pumps blood. It is metaphorical. The heart symbolizes our desires. With that in mind, the heart communicates with the spirit, and the spirit communicates with God. If we're going to change, If we are going to recreate ourselves, we must first change the heart. In this podcast, I want to speak of changing the heart. To do that, I must distinguish among wants, appetites, and desires. All addictions are a kind of bondage and an enemy to free will. In the Garden of Eden, there were two trees, the tree of life and the tree of knowledge of good and evil. Both were planted by God to give Adam and Eve a choice else they would have had no agency. Lucifer was allowed into the Garden of Eden to tempt Adam and Eve, else there would have been no agency. God protects our free will, even if it means that we may fall. The war in heaven was over agency. Why did God even allow Lucifer to tempt his spirit children when he knew that a third part would fall and become sons of perdition? It was because of agency. God is a free agent, and he wants us to become free agents else we can never become like Him. The great opposites are law and lawlessness, order and chaos, good and evil, God and Satan. Those who choose law, order, good and God will be free forever. Those who choose lawlessness, chaos, evil and Satan will be bound in captivity forever. For those of you who are following these podcasts, you will note that Linda and I do a weekly podcast on John Milton's Paradise Lost. The reason I chose John Milton is because he brilliantly analyzes the role of Satan and God. Milton's stated theme is to justify the ways of God to man. Milton clearly emphasizes the role of agency and free will. God protects our agency and free will. Satan wants to take them away. Anything that takes away our agency and free will is of Satan. But God restricts Satan's power. Satan may do all he can to destroy the body but he cannot take away our agency and free will, for they reside in our spirit, not in our body. We may give them away, but they cannot be forcefully taken from us. As long as there is breath in our body, we always have options.
0: We have wants, appetites, and desires.
1: Though some addictions are lethal, not all addictions are alike, and all addictions are spiritual as well as temporal and both the spirit and the body must be treated. The body has appetites, the soul has wants, but only the spirit has desires. We must distinguish among wants, appetites, and desires. Because reference books use wants, appetites, passions, and desires as synonyms, bear with me as I assign restrictive meanings for the sake of argument. First, let's establish boundaries. I shall confine all those terms within reason and law. That which is irrational, unreasonable, and impossible outside of law are superfluous to my definitions. For example, no matter how much you want or desire something, if it is irrational or unlawful, by law I mean only absolute laws of nature, then you are never going to achieve it. Using that assumption, the rest will make more sense. Of the three, Wants are the easiest thing to control. Of course, we are often influenced by our wants. Wants are the weakest of the three motivations. I want to be rich. I want to be famous. I want a new car. I want to lose weight. In distinguishing among wants, appetites, and desires, I must take liberties with my synonyms. Reference books don't distinguish among them, for reference books speak in generalities. I shall take liberties and assign meanings. Synonyms for want are:
0: Crave, wish, long for, fancy, pine for, hanker for, hope for, yearn for.
1: Those, of course, are the verbs. Want is also a noun. Synonyms are::
0: Lack, absence, need, requirement, deficiency, dearth, defect, necessity, scarcity, scantiness, meagerness insufficiency. I
1: suppose you get the point. In controlling wants, we must understand the motivation. Is it superficial? A mere whim? Is it temporal? Is it physical? Does it feel a deficiency? To distinguish among wants, appetites, and desires, I would add to wants such terms as shallow, superficial, fleeting, non-committal, temporary, unessential, and so on. In other words, wants may be satisfied, but they must not be allowed to consume us. Denying wants builds character. Wants are the niggling temptations that gnaw at us daily. Life goes on without getting all our wants. We must always remain in control of our wants. Self-indulgence quickly becomes a narcissist habit that feeds selfishness. Wants influence us, but should never be given a lasting hold over us for they quickly turn into appetites, and appetites can turn into desires. Of course, not everything is good or evil, but everything is important. All mammals are lovable at birth, but some turn into beasts that turn and rend us. So it is with uncontrolled wants, appetites, passions, and desires. Those of you who disagree probably disagree because you want to impose your perceptions of your definitions to want. Therefore, I ask you to bear with me. I am asking you not to confuse wants with appetites and desires. In other words, I am deliberately restricting the definition of wants to those trivial temptations, and am asking you to do the same for the sake of argument. Wants may cover almost anything. Appetites are physical and relate entirely to the body. We often combine appetites and passions, but I am asking you to attach passions to desire and let appetites stand alone. Synonyms for appetites are
0: bodily want, physical craving, hunger, thirst.
1: And of course, we can intensify appetite to mean
0: gluttony, veracity, ravenousness, insatiability, gourmandizing, rapacity, etc.
1: Physical addictions often begin with appetites that rapidly escalate into all consuming desires such as tobacco, alcohol, and drugs. Let me say this, an appetite is physical, and addiction is spiritual. Any assault on free will is spiritual, for free will resides only in the spirit, not in the body. One could argue, I suppose, that chemical addiction exists, which satisfies one's appetite, so the lines get blurred. There's no argument there, but the struggle against addiction is always spiritual, for it is connected to the will, and the will is spiritual. That is why it is necessary to know that you always have free will, always. Only Satan will tell you that you don't. Science, because it dismisses the supernatural, is out of its league when discussing free will. Appetites can sometimes be flushed out of the body, but all dieters know that suppressing one's appetite is no easy matter. Diet programs are a billion-dollar business, and all of them try to make dieting look fun. And we know that for some, food becomes an addiction and a detriment to physical and emotional health. Though the term is used loosely, for we all crave food. Many boastfully, and I am one of them, claim to be addicted to chocolate, which, by the way, is by the origin of the name, the food of the gods. Now we must come to desires. Oh, those wrangling desires. Wants and appetites are easily identified. But slippery desires are like the octopus that can camouflage its appearance or disappear through the smallest crack. Wants are weak and sickly things that die from neglect. Appetites are a lifelong struggle that fill our souls with guilt as we strive for perfection. Uncontrolled appetites can destroy us. Appetites are an unending chain of mountains we must negotiate as we trek through life. Yet, even the tallest appetite is loomed over by the Everest of desire. Others can recognize you by your wants and appetites because you wear them as fashions, and by them you are judged by others, but the ultimate judge will judge you by the desires of your heart. Desires often manifest themselves in wants, appetites, and passions, which are not to be casually dismissed. However, sometimes you will achieve your wants, appetites, and passions, but you will always achieve your desires. You are the sum of your desires, And no matter how dark and hidden, they will surface. Your body may be ruled by your wants, appetites, and passions, but your spirit will be ruled by your desires. Synonyms for desires are
0: covet, lust after, ambition, longing to possess, spiritual obsession, yearn for, entreat, solicit, beg, aspire after, eagerness, long for, inclination proclivity, ardent impulse, burning, fervent.
1: Now, it is very easy to confuse wants and desires. Therefore, to be in harmony with my argument stated above, that sometimes you will achieve your wants, appetites, and passions, but you will always achieve your desires. Let me put a finer point on the differences between wants and desires. You may want something very badly, but you are not willing to pay the price to get it. That is why it remains in the realm of want. There's a story of a woman who approached a famed pianist. She says, I would give my life to play like you. The pianist responded, Lady, I did. The envious admirer wanted to be a pianist. The professional pianist desired to be a great pianist, and that is how I distinguish between want and desire. That which you would give up everything for and dedicate your life to defines your desires. For that which you truly desire, you will pay any price and remove all obstacles. For that which you merely want, no matter how much you want it, you set boundaries beyond which you won't go. They may be moral boundaries. They may be practical boundaries. They may be conflicting wants. But still, you establish boundaries. The story of Dr. Faustus is the story of an ambitious scholar who sold his soul to the devil for knowledge, power, money fame and glory the moral of dr faustus is summed up in the savior's words for what is a man profited if he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul or what shall a man give in exchange for his soul we must govern our wants appetites, and passions but we must guard our desires as we value our own soul i suppose i must stop somewhere desire like most things can be good or evil Desires can be exalting or abasing, creative or destructive, purifying or defiling, virtuous or unvirtuous, chaste or unchaste. The problem with substance addiction, as we know, can be so consuming, so inflammatory, that one disregards all moral values in return for the next fix. That is why, whatever it takes, we must fight to keep our wants, appetites, passions, and desires within the boundaries of free will. We must guard our wants. we must guard our appetites, and we must guard our passions and stay within the boundaries set by God, for they can quickly grow to gluttonous proportions. But if we do not govern our desires, all the discipline in the world cannot save us from ourselves. Desires are of the Spirit, and therefore must be governed by the Spirit. You can tell a lot about a person by their wants, appetites, and passions, but it is an unsteady observation and shallow, for they may change rapidly. To tell a person's future, you must know their desires, for only a change of heart can affect desires. We spend fortunes working on the outer body, but it means nothing unless we work on the heart. Wants, appetites, and passions introduce themselves with noisy shouts. They often clash with our conscience as we struggle for control. Desires, however, come in a whisper, so wantonly that we align our conscience to their friendly persuasions. You may get your wants, which can be wishy-washy things, but you will always achieve your desires. It is easy to confess to wants, appetites, and passions, but it takes the courage of a lion to acknowledge our desires. Some we dress in respectable clothing, for even we are embarrassed to acknowledge them. But we always keep their company. We may walk away from something we want, but we can never walk away from that which we desire. Wants are like skipping children that hop, skip, and jump, sometimes in front, sometimes beside, and sometimes behind. Desires, however, always walk a step ahead, constantly lure us to follow their path. Desires, no matter how distasteful, will always dress as you want them to dress. Always look as you want them to look. Always pleased as you want them to please. Because you will always do what they want you to do. Wants, appetites, and passions undulate like ocean waves. But desires relentlessly pursue their goals. Whether we're awake or asleep. Desires guide our actions by day and direct our dreams by night. Desires are the driving force between all success and all failure. The body is governed by the mind like a robot. But the mind is governed by the spirit, the source of our free will. The spirit, which can be governed by God, if allowed, has free will and has the inherent power to overcome the wants of the mind, the appetites and passions of the body, and the desires of the spirit. Faith can move mountains, even the mountains of addiction. Consider, for example, chemical addiction. Why does the addiction continue long after the chemicals leave the body? The addiction, though it began as chemical, continues because it is spiritual. Desire is spiritual. We must identify our desires. Wants and appetites are easy to identify being visceral. But desires are like the chameleon. They change colors and use camouflage. We may have desires that we deny, such as the desire to fail, the desire to extend bereavement, the desire to feed despair. The list may be longer than we think. Sometimes the only way to kill negative desires is to stop feeding them. They can be hidden. Repressed desires will present themselves in false masks. We think we are feeding one thing when we are feeding another. Regardless of how unpleasant and self-deprecating, we must identify our true desires so that we can starve the destructive ones and feed the constructive ones, root out the evil and encourage the good. Obviously, some addictions can be treated with medications, counseling, rehab centers, but sometimes even that is insufficient. Just as addiction must be spiritually fed, addiction must be spiritually treated. Our struggling with addiction must, of course, address the physical appetite. Science can often help. However, even before one addresses the physical appetite, one must first address the metaphysical desires that cause the addiction. Only then can one overcome the appetites of the addiction. All addictions can be overcome, as a weaker law is overpowered by a stronger law. A weaker desire can always be overcome with a stronger desire. The threat of death has cured many addicts. In overcoming addictions, we must apply all the resources we have, the mind and the spirit and the body and faith, prayer, truth, the senses, the feelings, self, others, God. We must create a new environment of freedom and guard that environment. Let me end on a positive note. It is also fruitful to turn to King David.
0: Delight thyself also in the Lord, and he shall give thee the desires of thine heart. Psalms 37, 4. Thank you for listening. Watch for our next podcast.
1: In Defense of Christianity is available at
0: ronaldmesser.com.